0: Son, if you're listening, I'm dead. But uh, I left you this podcast. You'll be all right. Just pretend that I went out for smokes.
1: Well, for a nation the size of Israel, it was like 15 9
0: that's right, it was. Or maybe it was more. Maybe it was more than that. Maybe it was like 30 9-11s, you know, when you think about it. That was our President Joe Biden talking about the October 7th attacks on Israel. And uh, that's what uh, that's what this episode is about.
2: Yeah, yeah, I thought this would be a good episode um, in that the comparisons, you know, the October 7th attacks as Israel's 9-11, <laughs> as Israel's 15 9-11s. It was, it was made a lot, and at first I found it kind of offensive. I thought, like... Well, you know, nine eleven, like another 5,000 people died from asbestos at Ground Zero. Sure. Like, so there's a lot more people died. So it's offensive
0: that they downplayed it, actually. Yes. Yeah.
2: But, um, you know, so I at first I found it offensive. But then, like, you start as the months have gone on since October 7th, we've got more information. Now I realize, actually, the comparison is really apt. And what I wanted to do with this episode is just talk about three areas where October 7th was exactly like Israel's 9-11. It was exactly like 911 and those three areas are there was insider trading by people who knew it was coming on the stock market to make money. Oh yeah. There was a military stand down during the attack itself mm-hmm. that delayed, you know, by x number of hours and allowed people to get killed. And there were intelligence warnings that were very direct and specific that were given in advance of the attack which were all ignored and uh, and the thing was allowed to go forward. And, you know, I'll, I'll kind of go through, I think on this free side, I'll just go through the Israel side, and then if we want, on the Patreon, we can talk about the 9-11 side. I do talk about, I have in this podcast talked about 9-11 a lot, but those three areas, I have pretty compelling evidence. We'll have all the citations, the the articles that I, 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 I cited here in the, foot, in the description for this episode. Um, but I, I think it's just like on a simple matter, Why would they want to do this? Why would Israel want to allow this to happen? Well, Netanyahu very well could be in prison right now instead of still in power. And they actually do finally have their chance to have a final solution for Gaza. Doesn't mean that's going to succeed, but without October 7th, they wouldn't be able to do what they're doing now. They wouldn't have, you know, 10,000 people, a lot of them children, killed every month, and the president and everyone in the U.S. government and media defending it. So... I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think, you know, we can go in whatever order we want, but kind of what initially convinced me of a conspiracy with 9-11 was the insider trading, and I think finally we got the same evidence for Israel and the October 7th thing, and it makes sense where if people knew these conspiracies were coming, if there were informed people who allowed them to happen, it makes sense that some of them would get a little greedy and try to try to make a few bucks. Like, wouldn't you if you knew... 9 11 was coming.
0: Yeah, I've never been faced with a decision to like make a lot of money to do something really bad. I, I truly haven't.
2: Yeah, I don't have like
1: money to take from one place and put in another. Or just get a bunch of money yeah. for
0: doing something like no. bad. And you just got to click a couple buttons. Yeah, on the you computer. go, oh, thank you. You know? Yeah, no one's yeah. given
1: me information to garner income yeah you know it's like it's yeah. all i know they'll they'll say you could shovel my driveway
0: yeah you know like that's the kind of deals i'm the only like, kind of money dealt. i get offered they go hey do you want to do this for like 150 dollars and i go ah i i guess yeah i'm like an adult uh, man who yeah people go can you watch my kid yeah it's like, yeah. yeah yeah they're like hey you want to work tomorrow i go oh really <laughs> really <laughs> I'm not like an, a materialistic guy or anything, but I was driving through, uh, Deb had a doctor's appointment yesterday, so we drove through Diker Heights, which is like a, kind of a suburban, like a like Italian, it's like a wealthy Italian, almost suburb sure, part of Brooklyn. And I, I saw this house yesterday, it was like, it was like this massive house, and in the front lawn, on the front lawn they had all these like stone, like animals, like they had like lions, and then like a bunch of goats, and it was like the most beautiful thing i've ever seen yeah, really and good. for a second i was like whoa what do i have to do to get that beautiful house hmm you know
1: yeah i feel like people don't have those conversations
2: that's another world well you got to go you yeah. got to do like 2911s to get a house like that I, Yeah. just like there's yeah, people
1: yeah.
0: underground there's people just above ground not dealing with us but i think doing 911s like you're i've heard i heard your first one is difficult and then after you after you break the seal you're like mhm Okay, this ain't so bad. There's like a groove you get into. Yeah. 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 Um, So, yeah. So let's... Uh, yeah, let's
2: get into let's it. Let's get into it. So there's this article in Haaretz, which is the Israeli newspaper. Uh, the headline is, Did Hamas Make Millions Betting Against Israeli Shares Before October 7th Massacre? Now, let me ask you and- this
0: real quick. Which one of us is the most susceptible to um, making, like, betraying our values for a little bag of money? <laughs>
2: That's a good question. Yeah, it's probably me. It might be you because uh, I feel like we're all pretty principled, but Scott's the best. And then Scott
0: is the most principled. Scott is the maybe most the principled. most principled man I've ever met. In
2: the my least life. capable of
0: making <laughs> any sort of. Income. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I si- every day. I sit with myself for an hour and think about how wrong it is to yeah. to uh, get money for a service. Yeah, but then also, sure. sl- like. I can't be your slave either. I'm yeah. having like a really difficult time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. with trying to you, follow you, Christ. You are probably <laughs> one of the most honorable men to ever walk the earth. <laughs> it's, it's a shame. Yeah. I think but there has to be like an afterlife where you're going to be rewarded, I think. Sure.
2: Yeah. That's how you know capitalism works, though. It's because yeah. if you rank the three of us mm-hmm. from like most evil to least evil, it also lines up with most net worth to least net worth. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Like, Scott is the best, and he has the least money. Mm-hmm. Sure. You're yeah. saying I'm the most evil? I'm saying you're right in the middle. You're the median. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you think you make more is money it, than Sean? You think you have more money than me? I yeah, because you've got yeah. a kid. You have to spend all that yeah. money on your kid. Yeah. I don't have a kid. I just assume I, know, Sean Sean but I do have money.
0: I do have five million Shiba Inu coins. <laughs> you Did you I do. ever tell you that? Yeah, You didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. I spent like $300, and I have five million of something.
1: Oh, well, so obviously, I don't know why I have to keep repeating this, but I live with my mother, yeah. and next door, a guy similar to my age also moved back in with his mother, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, we're both, like, you know, going through it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I spoke to her. We were both walking our dogs the other day, and she was like, yeah, he he has enough to buy a house. He's just debating on, like, where, he yeah, if it's yeah. a house or if he wants to buy an apartment. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were say and I'm like, like, oh, yeah, similar, same thing. I'm just trying to...
0: Plan the next move. I thought you were going to say, like, <laughs> he fell off a roof at work and has severe brain damage.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, I'll hang out with him. <laughs> yeah. I got a podcast. Oh, yeah.
0: Good. He was working three jobs to, to provide for his family, and he got sucked into a, uh, a bread machine. Yeah. He got sucked into an industrial English muffin cooker. <laughs> yeah, so we're, like, in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. You can, like, push his wheelchair in the neighborhood or something. Hmm. Um but anyway yeah, yeah. so okay so, October 7th let's get into it cuz I'm I'm a little tired of hearing about
2: October 7th Yeah Well, it does change everything, because that's the entire justification for the genocide in Gaza. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, that 9-11, the real 9-11, was the justification for what the U.S. did after 9-11, which, depending on the estimate, you kill one, two, up to six million people in the Muslim world. And,
0: for the record, our 9-11 was the real 9-11. Yes. I don't want to hear this horse shit about Israel's fucking 9-11. Yeah. We have the 9-11.
2: I mean, it is true, like... You had to try 15 times harder to do 9 11 in the US mm-hmm. based on the population. Right. You had to have four to ten war games all taking place, so there were only four F-16s on the entire East Coast. Yeah. When there's usually, like, several 100 mm-hmm. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, 15 9 so that's like a movie pitch for the sequel to 9-11. Yeah.
1: And then when you see what happened on October 7th, you go, what a dog shit sequel. Well, how did yeah, you... Right. You got none of the original characters. Yeah, yeah. There's no... Like, we had giant planes in the first one and giant buildings. Right.
0: This... This sequel sucks. It would be like the Expendables two with none of the. Yeah, this is like some
1: on Redbox shit. And your yeah. dad brought it home. He's like, "I heard you yeah, like yeah. Transformers," right, and right. you're like, "This is
0: mm-hmm. actually demented." What you bought me? Right. Yeah. That's what October seventh is. It's mm-hmm. like Transmorphers.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Lizards. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah, you go, Dad. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the end of Dragon Ball Z where the power levels got too high. And they mm-hmm. couldn't break the Scouters anymore. That's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's <laughs> how many 9-11s it is. Right. Um, but anyways, look. So, okay, you got insider trading, you got military stand down, you got intelligence warnings ignored. So, insider trading. This Haaretz article, did Hamas make millions betting against the Israeli shares before October 7 massacre? And it blames it on Hamas, but again, there, we don't know who did this. Mm-hmm. Somebody did this, mm-hmm. but... Uh, and it's, it's based on this paper called Trading on Terror, which was published in the Social Science Research Network. It just so happens there are three different econometric papers, there's more than that, but there's at least three ones, uh, based on the real 9-11 that show evidence of insider trading. Because how they do this, you know, the SEC or whoever investigates insider trading, independent researchers can do this as well, is you can look at a stock and um, you look for suspicious activity, like... The usually only X number of shares get traded in the average day or week, and then suddenly you see a massive spike right before a big news event. That's a pretty big hint that somebody knew something was coming. Or another thing that's uh, that is kind of a tell or Nancy
0: Pelosi's driving a new car, <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> uh, another thing that's a big tell is uh, the- suddenly her
0: husband's got a bunch more money for gay sex right after the pandemic happened.
2: The uh, the ratio of puts to calls. So okay. a call is a bet that the stock price will go up. A put mm-hmm. is a bet that the stock price will go down. The actual mechanism of a put is you, bor- you borrow the stock, you immediately sell it, and then you can buy it back later if the price goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so the ratio of puts to calls on any given stock should be not quite but in the neighborhood of one-to-one. Because if, if, if a market is functioning correctly... You know, the supply and demand will kind of even out, and you would expect, like, oh, hey, there's a whole bunch of calls on this. I think this is kind of, there's too many calls. I'm going to put some puts in, you know, or vice versa. And so when you have like a really crazy puts to call ratio, that's kind of a telltale sign that somebody knows something is up. And so there's this, uh, this paper again in the, um, uh, the Social Science Research Network. Uh, it's written by, um, Uh, Robert Jackson and Joshua Mitts. And uh, Robert Jackson's the New York University School of Law. Joshua Mitts is Columbia Law School. So these are very serious people. And uh, I'm just going to quote a couple things from the Haaretz write-up of this. Short-selling Israeli shares, betting that they will fall, spiked in the days before October 7th, far exceeding the short-selling during, quote, numerous other periods of crisis. Uh... And it talks about this um, this exchange-traded fund called EIS. Exchange-traded fund uh, is a basket of securities that tracks an underlying index. So you can get a, a an exchange-traded fund for the S&P 500, for example, the stock exchange. It'll just kind of give you a pretty broad exposure where if the S&P 500 goes up 1%, your ETF goes up 1%, you know, down, whatever. So EIS does that for the Israeli market on the New York Stock Exchange. So this EIS and I'm quoting from Heretz now, EIS is an exchange-traded fund that tracks Israeli shares in New York. It's a way to bet on Israeli shares without buying any. EIS tracks the main indices on the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange, including giant Israeli chemical companies, uh, and, you know... And their
0: market is mostly, like, sneakers and hair gel, right?
2: Yeah. There's... Yeah. Right. Ecstasy testing kits. Yeah. <laughs> White <laughs> Range
0: Rovers and, and shirts with that are bedazzled.
2: Right. Labels... <laughs> Labels with Star of Davis that you can put on Turkish foods <laughs> yeah. and say that it's Israeli. Yeah. Um, anyways, so, uh, quoting from Haaretz now, uh, Jackson, uh, the guy and the team that wrote the paper, found strong indications in that early April, somebody in the U.S. stock market uh, anticipated catastrophe in Israel, leading stocks to crash. On October 2nd, that somebody or somebody's carried out an enormous volume of short transactions on the EIS, this exchange-traded fund. Uh, on Israel. Enormous volume of short transactions on the EIS, meaning they bet against Israel. In fact, the volume of short transactions on October 2nd was so huge, 227,000 units compared to a few thousand on any given day, that it didn't seem like a gamble. Whoever was behind the transaction apparently harbored confidence that disaster would strike Israel. Um, So, you know, if you short a stock, and I, I just explained this, but you, uh, you borrow it, you immediately sell it, then you buy it back later for cheap. Um, people shorting Israeli shares on October 2nd did well. The value of EIS fell by 7.1% on October 11th, the first day the American market was open for business after the massacre. And over the 20 days following that terrible weekend, EIS lost 17.5% of its value. To examine how unusual the gamble against Israel was, the researchers checked the volume of short transactions in EIS units from 2009 to 2023, during which Israel experienced plenty of crises. There were 3,570 trading days throughout the period. The volume of shorts on EIS on October 2nd was in the top 99th percentile. The, quote, short ratio for EIS was also extraordinary on October 2nd. It is extremely unlikely that the volume of short selling on October 2nd occurred by random chance, they wrote. And, you know, it kind of goes on like this. But, you know, and then the paper continues. Somebody did the, or we don't know if it was the same person, but somebody also did the same thing on the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange. So they had this, like, you know, like I just said here, typical volume of short transactions on any given day would be a few thousand, Mm 227,000 five days before. And a short transaction, like, you know, there's what's called naked shorts where, like, you can lose a ton of money if, Again, you're borrowing That's a bu- with
0: GameStop, right?
2: yeah, yeah, if you're borrowing a bunch of these shares and then immediately selling them with the expectation that you can buy them back later for cheaper, well, if the price goes up, like you're fucked, mm-hmm. and you know there's covered shorts and stuff, but these kind of like that kind of insane volume mm-hmm. on a short transaction five days before an attack, yeah. It just defies belief to really believe this is a coincidence, and especially yeah. when the same fucking things happens on the Tel Aviv stock exchange, T right. A S E, the Tel Aviv stock exchange. The researchers also looked into shorts on the it's Tel Aviv. It's like
0: that meme with the superhero where he's like trying to pick the button, and it's like stop my family from getting killed, make a bunch of money, and he doesn't know <laughs> which one to pick.
2: Um, the researchers also looked into shorts on the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange and found a significant spike in the days before October 7th. Shorting the uh, Tel Aviv Stock Exchange mid-September to October would have been enormously lucrative, the researchers calculate. Uh, in just a uh, bank lemmy alone, quote, 4.43 million new shares sold short over the September 14 to October 5th period, uh, yielding prof- profits of approximately or nearly 900 million U.S. dollars on that additional short selling. Um, And, you know, the article kind of concludes, only investigation by law enforcement in Israel and the United States may uncover who benefited from the short transactions. And I'll just tell you this right now. And this exact same thing happened with the 9-11 shorts, where a week, two weeks after 9-11, you had some articles in CBS News and the Wall Street Journal saying, oh, did Al-Qaeda, did Bin Laden know he was going to do 9-11 and also try to make some money on the stock market? Mm -hmm. And then, essentially, you just get it disappearing. And that's how you know, <laughs> like, it wasn't Hamas, oh, they're it wasn't Al-Qaeda, okay it. because it's like, look, man, these people understand the propaganda value mm-hmm. of, hey, if you want to keep the dead kids of Gaza off the front screen, just say, look at these rich leaders of Hamas. Mm-hmm. We, the Israeli and the U.S. law enforcement, we investigated these short transactions, and we found that it was Hamas behind them. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to do that because it wasn't Hamas. Yeah. What's going to happen is exactly what happened with 9/11, where this story disappears from the news, or in the yeah. case of the 9/11 short stock uh, short selling, the 9/11 Commission report writes a very brief thing which explains some, but not all of the transactions. Like they talk about this um, newsletter being sent out into investors on September 9th, but that doesn't explain short transactions that start on September 6th. You know, and they say. Uh, they linked to uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission investigation, but then somebody later tried to Freedom of Information Act that, and the Securities Exchange Commission said, we destroyed the relevant records. Mm. So there's, it's just kind of, um, that more than anything else is what initially convinced me that there was something more to 9-11, and I think that more than anything else kind of convinced me with October 7th that people knew it was coming, and it was to an extent allowed to happen. Yeah. Do you feel like the propaganda is kind of wearing you down a little bit? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like every day seeing new fucking dead kids killed with my fucking tax dollars. Yeah. And I just go to work and... Yeah. I just, you know, I haven't stopped paying my taxes, so what what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know, and it's like you have to go back to work. You have to work, you know, and uh, and and people like and, and if you if people call you whiny on the internet yeah, for still yeah. caring about this, it's yeah, like yeah. yeah, sorry, I'd <laughs> I'd love to talk about other shit, but they're still killing kids. Well, that's the crazy thing to me. I don't understand
0: why people are bothered by it. What do you mean? It's it's weird when you know you talk about this stuff and they go, "Wow, that was really funny," or they're like they seem very triggered by you talking about it Mm. like you're not supposed to like it's it's it it, it bothers them for some reason and I'm trying to figure out why that is
2: yeah I don't know I mean you know I guess it is something about their own humanity yeah where when you see somebody else post something on the internet maybe they get a lot of likes for just being like genocide is bad right right. and when you see somebody else doing that and it's like yeah okay fine sometimes people are performative but I think there's a lot of projection in that where it's like. I think so too, yeah. How can you see, you know, like one of the things that fucked me up recently, and you can see this video. It's like a guy, just a father with his, like, I don't know her exact age, but infant dog. She's daughter, young, yeah. Four years old, maybe. They're both killed by Israeli snipers. Mm-hmm. And you, you see their fucking bodies writhing. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. And it's just like.
0: These Do they are shoot them at the same time?
2: Adjacently, yeah. And it's like. These shoot are. One of them first. Well I I don't remember. Yeah. Um <laughs> Well, I'm trying to just imagine <laughs> what type of
1: Looney
0: Tunes gun was it one gun?
1: Well, no, was he
2: holding his daughter? They're they're lying on the uh the ground adjacent to each other before they get shot. Uh after they I've only seen the video after they got oh, shot. Oh, okay. I said yeah. I saw them writhing and then die. Yeah. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people.
1: Um, I I hate the people that go like, "Why are you? Why? Why?" Uh,
2: Mike's like, "What, what question was he wearing?" The
1: intention of it is odd.
0: It's odd, but there must be there must be some kind of disappointment with themselves or something. Well, I mean, it, I mean, even if you do find it annoying, it's like, why do you have to say something? Why would you acknowledge that you find it annoying? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Like, what, you know? like, why are you attacking me? <laughs> yeah. Just let me be... If
1: Even if you think I'm cringe, just let it, me be cringe. Yeah, it's all so easy to scroll past yeah. everything.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it's very no. corny of them. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, it's like snipers. You These, hear that, haters? You're corny. <laughs> it's corny. Yeah. Well, snipers, it's like... They knew what they were fucking shooting. And, you know, there's Israeli snipers shot nurses in hospitals. They've assassinated all sorts of journalists and people with drones. Mm -hmm. And they know what they're aiming at, you know. Like, a lot of it is indiscriminate murder, but a lot of it is targeted assassination. And I I think it's just, um, if you're able to go about your life, and this you can kind of see these videos, and there's new ones every day, and you can avoid them if you want to avoid them. But if you're able to see them and not have that have an impact on you, and you see it has an impact on other people... I think on some level you are divorced from your humanity, Mm -hmm. and I think there's kind of projection where you go, oh, they're having a human reaction to seeing little kids get slaughtered. And why am I not? Why am I not? They must be performative. Yeah. They must be whiny. They must be posting on social media for likes. They must not understand that Joe Biden actually is playing 12D chess and he has the situation under control Mm -hmm. and he knows you just got to let him kill like 10,000 kids every month. Mm -hmm. And Uh then, you know, and then he'll have influence over the government and we'll get a better deal (laughs) in the end. Well, maybe it's like the reality is
0: just so horrifying that it's hard to uh, confront. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, like, I mean, I think I talked about this last episode. I got into it with my dad on Christmas Eve about this stuff. And it's like, you know, you talk to some of these people and you go, all right, well, I don't think I'm going to get through to them. And then also, I, you know, it's like they, there's, there, there, I'm not, I'm not going to convince them. So then it feels like it's kind of a waste of time. So then you go, all right, maybe there's something, maybe there's a better use of my time. Hmm. And then I don't know. It just kind of, you, I, I definitely feel like my, uh, my fervor has sort of diminished a little bit. Yeah. But I also don't know if I can, like, keep looking at dead kids every day.
2: No, I don't seek them out, but yeah. they just... But they, they pop... Yeah. They just appear. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to be like, hey... F- fuck you, I'm unfollowing for showing me that dead child. Right, exactly. How dare you bring my attention to this?
1: Exactly. And there's like a big propaganda campaign that just continues and so it's like, yeah, we're just acknowledging real videos that are being posted. There's actual money going into other shit. I mean, they just found out that like CNN, um, like everything that Happens over there has mm-hmm. to like filter through some like Israeli, you know, like analysts and go. Okay, sure. this is okay. Yeah, I saw on CNN today before I came here, um, a, a, like a guy speaking on behalf of Israel mm-hmm. in Israel, mm-hmm. um, w- was saying that a tactic of Hamas's warfare, a tactic they use, is rape, and mm-hmm. it's like you're that's not a, that's not real. Yeah, like I, I am still someone who believes that there were some people who were raped on October seventh because I think. uh oh, well. It was it was the, the the way it happened. I think over two thousand people um, crossing a border, murders. I see it occurring. Um, I do not think it's a tactic of war. And when you say it's a tactic of war, um, you're really making them out to be like boogeymen, and that doesn't exist. It's not like a
0: thing they're taught in but training. If they're, if they're, and I just want to say this, if they're, because I don't really know either. But if they're carrying out a military operation, yeah. Do you think that they have time to be like, oh, I'm gonna get some pussy? Um, yeah, I don't think rape like is. Where I'm, do you think it's they, not specifically?
1: I'm. Well, they are guess, Israelis, so, cool. so
2: that's pretty, <laughs> pretty high up on their mind. Like, you know,
1: they. T- I mean, I saw videos of families tied up. Uh, they shot a dog. Uh, they made right. kids watch their dad get shot. And so there's these things that I go. Yeah, yeah. yeah I could see some guys rape people. Like it's not. Yeah. If you okay, went over there yeah. and murdered people, yeah. like that's real. It's it's okay to say yeah. that that's real. Yeah. And that uh, no, when the I, attacks I, happened, I, other shit went down. I think it's like realistic not, and okay to say because when people hear people react like, no, that didn't happen. Sure. Well, now they know you're lying, and so now they can lie all they want. They can go, well, fuck you, and then also this, this, and this. Because you're not being honest when you say that, no, but of course, there's I'm, a possibility of rapes happening. I'm
0: not afraid of acknowledging that reality. Yeah. It just seems like there hasn't been great evidence on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know how you would- And I don't
0: okay, want to- Yeah. I, I, but you're right. I also don't sure. really want to believe that they did that. But but I, yeah. I'm i not afraid of like confronting that reality, if it's- there's literally okay, like real. the tick cutting off thing, uh, Sean, right? Yeah.
1: Which I go, yes, that's absurd and like it's comical, absurd. you saying it's that absurd. a tick cut off. Yeah. But I've been watching uh like murder videos my whole life, uh-huh. right? Uh yeah, ladies get their tits cut off all the time mm-hmm. when they're being murdered on the street, mm-hmm. when they're being murdered at homes. Like I've unfortunately just always had access to the internet and I've seen a lot of depressing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they go, there was an attack and this, this, and this happened, I go, Yeah, those things could have happened.
2: They could have, yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have, but that's the problem, though, is that's not evidence. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. And sure, it, it, sure, When, when, when it's when this story is being used to again justify the slaughter of children, that's the problem. It, yeah, they and better, like, oh, it's going to happen
0: again. You, you better have some fucking and, and, evidence. I, I just want and, to say right here, killing a kid is worse than raping a lady. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
2: that was good. I was worried we wouldn't that get any clips out of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, okay, when it's, when it's being used to, as atrocity propaganda to justify mass I'd rather murder, my
0: mother-in-law get raped than my kid get killed.
2: It's fair enough. That's fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when it's being used like that, then yes, you do have to present evidence. And yes, even if the women in question are dead, it is perfectly possible for forensic evidence to determine if a woman's been raped before she was murdered, All Right. we Done it thousands and that, of times. If yes. you've ever seen a serial killer documentary, you know that they can do this. And Israel could allow UN investigators in, but they refuse to do that. Right. And I don't. I don't think
0: we, we're afraid of that reality. We just question right the evidence. So it's like
2: yes, I acknowledge. And we're not
0: reading the New York Slimes again, <laughs> who pushed that narrative.
2: Yeah. Well, we're only
0: reading the New York Post from now on. Those. <laughs> we're only reading puns and a, a good sports section. Right. Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah, no, the, um if if you don't have actual evidence, then what are we doing here?
1: Yeah. And they tend to say that every time. They go, uh, women were raped, and then also they were, like, burnt alive, and we can't really do anything about their bodies. Right. Like, they well, always add that part
0: of, you you're not getting evidence, which you go, damn. You can't name. Yeah, one any. of the guys sneezed, and the ashes uh, went all over the place, <laughs> so, yeah. unfortunately.
1: More and more people are willing to admit that the uh,
0: concert seems to be mostly well, Israel just shitting the bed. Well, they're still pushing the um yeah, 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 yeah. But and, but they're still pushing the uh the beheading thing. I saw a guy Oh, really? talk about beheading children today and it's like yeah. My thing is, you know, the thing the the way you have to treat Israelis and women is that if they lie once, <laughs> you got to not ever trust them again. That's been my sort of one of my rules
2: in life. That's right, Men's Rights Colombo. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Now wait a second, Shmuel. You said you saw ah uh, just one thing. And just one more thing, ma'am. Where was he putting his penis exactly? Where was and you said where was the Hamas man putting his penis? And just one more thing, ma'am. You said oh, he was uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember.
2: That's that's the woman. No, that's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And just one more thing, ma'am. You said the the Hamas man who raped you, he had a five-inch penis. We measured it. He has a 3.5-inch penis. <laughs> oh, oh, I've been exposed.
0: We have the... we the, Israel probably has every Palestinian's penis documented. They on,
2: probably do, yeah. In like a database. Right. And that's, yeah. you know, what well, was always fishy. And it's like, you know, it is interesting. <laughs> It is interesting where <laughs> have a photo of every man <laughs> in Gaza's penis. Some, let's say, Hamas supporters, and I don't say that pejoratively. Just you know, mm-hmm. uh, they might they don't like this idea that Israel allowed this to happen. And I'm not saying Israel could have prevented it entirely, or that Israel is so much better or omnipotent or all that. Mm-hmm. But they're like. This was an incredible surprise attack. Mm-hmm. Totally took the Israelis off guard. Hamas they, supporters say that? Some, yes. Okay. There's like some overlap between, mm-hmm. of course, you know, Israel supporters or Netanyahu specifically, mm-hmm. Netanyahu supporters, uh, and most mainstream Democrats and Republicans are very adamant about this idea that, no, this was not allowed to happen. This was a total surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, mistakes were made, incompetence. And I just want to say something about incompetence theory is that... Uh, this idea that governments are stupid and make huge mistakes, not really true in my experience. Like, yes, governments do make mistakes, but they're not actually that much dumber than the corporate sector. In fact, I would argue governments are more efficient at doing things than the corporate sector. In my experience, and I've you know been through the corporate sector, I've been through the government, government by and large gets things done. There's little bits of waste and inefficiency. Things get done, though. And when they do fuck up, people do get held accountable. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing you see with October 7th and 9-11 is supposedly these massive fuck-ups. Nobody gets demoted. Nobody gets fired. Nobody gets punished. It's just these these massive fuck-ups that seem to give, in both governments, exactly what they wanted. It seems kind of weird that you just fuck up and get everything you wanted, and you said you wanted, but whatever. But anyways, the point was <clears throat> Hamas supporters sometimes they don't like this idea that Israel allowed it to happen. And I'm not saying that Israel could have prevented it entirely, hmm. but Netanyahu, for example, moved two-thirds of the soldiers on the border to the West Bank just a few days before, two-thirds. It was like he left around 800 soldiers, Israeli soldiers on the border of Gaza, moved another 1,600 over to the West Bank. And this is compared to you know anywhere from one to 3,000 Hamas fighters, depending on how you count it. So... And that was to defend the entire Gaza border, just 800 soldiers. So, you know, and I'll go through more of the evidence, but the point is, if Israel had paid serious attention to any of these warnings, or if they'd allowed their military to respond quicker, this probably still would have happened, but it wouldn't have happened at the scale that it did. It wouldn't have been such a mass slaughter at the dance rave, for example, And that would have given them less propaganda value. And also, like, even the Hamas fighters themselves have talked about how they were surprised at how easy it was. Mm -hmm. Like, they were expecting to just get fucking murdered as soon as they got out the wire. Mm -hmm. But they were like, where the fuck is the resistance? You know, they got way farther than they thought they would. Mm -hmm. So every single piece of evidence does kind of um, align with a stand-down, with a let's let it happen, and then let's use it to, uh, to, to further our own goals. And that doesn't mean they're omnipotent. That doesn't mean they control events. It's just, so far, it's working out for Netanyahu. He's still in power. He's not in prison. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Israel will lose in the end. I think they did make a huge miscalculation. But I think I think they just had an idea that it's like, how can we fucking take Gaza? Yeah. How do we end this status quo? How do we, you know... Have a final solution. But the only way they
0: really lose is if, like, public opinion goes th- down too far. And it's right? starting to, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like... Uh, but, it, I mean, in the meantime, we're going to have a ton of uh, uh, slaughter and everything. Sure, yeah. But, But I feel like, you know, three or four months ago, it was people, people didn't really have much knowledge of the conflict. And also, you don't want to say anything against Israel because you don't want to seem anti-Semitic or anything. And now people are just like... Like I saw um one one of our one of our friends, the girl who's on OnlyFans, but she just tweeted like fuck Israel to death <laughs> one of your friends. No, well but you know, but uh, sure. But I'm just seeing a more mainstream, you know, dislike of Israel.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They're very I, nervous about this South Africa's actually Are they? South Africa's charging them with genocide at the Hague. Yeah. Israel seems very nervous about this. It just feels like they
0: really overplayed their hand.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, whether they made a miscalculation or not is not relevant to the question of whether this was to an extent allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it was like 100% allowed to happen. It just means that, as I will kind of go through right in a second here, they got a lot of warnings. Mm-hmm. They could have beefed up border security at Gaza. Mm-hmm. They could have not moved 16, 16- Netanyahu could have not moved 1600 troops out. They could have, um, you know, they could have had a faster response. Like depending on the area, you know, over twenty different communities or kibbutzes or what and towns and such were attacked. Depending on the area, response time was six to twelve hours. It's long like time. it is a long fucking time, and you know, so you do kind of put all these things together, and that's that. That's kind of where it goes with with any of these debates with these anti-conspiracy people, is they can always dismiss one piece of evidence as that's incompetence, that's yeah. a coincidence. Yeah. But it's once you start to Go thing after thing after thing after thing, and you look at, you know, who benefits, yeah. Qui bono or however. Yeah. If I was a smarter man, like Michael Parenti, I would know how to say the, <laughs> the Latin for who That's benefits. Okay. We but, uh, feel stupid around you sometimes. Oh, so. I appreciate that. I'm I'm actually falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Uh but anyways. Um I'll just a uh, quote from the the abstract of the the paper that I mentioned, and then I'll move on to the next thing. Um, the short selling that day, October second, five days before the attack, exceeded uh, numerous other periods of crisis, occur- including the recessions following the financial crisis, the 2014 Gaza Israel Gaza war, and the COVID nineteen pandemic. Similarly, we identify increases in short selling before the attack in dozens of Israeli companies traded in Tel Aviv. For one Israeli company alone, four point three million Israeli companies. Or 4.3, mi- 4.43 million new shares sold short over September 14 to October 5th period yielded profits of millions on that additional short selling for one out of hundreds of securities cha- uh, traded on the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange. Although we see no aggregate increase in shorting of Israeli companies on U.S. stock exchanges, we identify a sharp and unusual increase just before the attacks, October 2nd, in trading in risky short-dated options on these companies expiring just after the attacks. That's the other thing about these puts. That I mentioned, they buy them on October 2nd, and they all expire right after October 7th. Mm. So it's like, you know, and, and Gaza was it was and is the most heavily surveilled place on Earth. It's not that big. You know, everyone who's ever been there talks about you would constantly hear Israeli drones buzzing overhead. Mm -hmm. They have border, you know, Israeli border security and soldiers were looking into it the entire time. And a bunch of them made warnings. Like, the fucking ridiculous thing is there were two different dry runs that we know of. Hamas did practice runs. And we know that Israel knew of them. Or at least people identified them and passed them up the chain. Mm -hmm. We don't know how far up the chain they got. But they actually took like a dummy and sexually assaulted it. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> they
0: were like practicing cutting chicken cutlets off of
1: dummies. <laughs> yeah,
0: they
2: took water yeah. balloons and yeah.
0: there were water balloons attached to the dummies. and They were stabbing them.
2: Yeah, yeah. They they had like one Can of. Do you those- believe girls what listen does a dry to this show? Run look like yeah, it's wild to me. Yeah,
1: I wonder what does a dry run look like for Shouts that? Shouts
0: out. Oh, on a- yeah probably just they're just practicing how to yeah just like how to move well running. it's like yeah. it's
2: like one of those plastic baby dolls that you practice take and taking care of in high school but they practice yeah. putting it in an oven yeah <laughs> yeah practice the heading 40 of the baby dolls yeah, they all just take care of an egg for a week <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: they just slice it in half yeah, yeah.
1: they hard-boiled it <clears throat> yeah
2: all right so the, the the world this is the warnings ignored okay the world socialist website wsws.org which is a very funny place because it's like they have the kooky they're like Trotskyists. Uh they have the kookiest yeah. opinions on some shit you've heard in your life. Mm-hmm. Like they have a bunch of articles about how Harvey Weinstein was railroaded. uh uh-huh. Which is like I respect they're, they're like nobody has that take. They're big Woody Allen defenders too, I was which thinking is a little more in
1: a
0: train. I was picturing
1: him getting a train ran on him. Yeah.
2: Railroaded. Okay, okay. No, no, no.
0: He was set up. Yeah, he was Yeah. set yeah. up. You know what's Uh, funny, too? I guess the opposite of that is when I used to work at Got Junk, we would sometimes call the KKK and listen to their, like, voicemail message. Yeah. And it was 2013, so it was right around the Trayvon Martin verdict. And this guy's going, like, and I just want to say that George Zimmerman is a Jew and a Mexican. He ain't got (laughs) a drop of white blood in him. (laughs) It's like everybody else, every racist was, like, defending George Zimmerman. And the KKK was like, fuck, fuck this guy. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a unique take. Right. I love unique takes. Yeah, it's yeah. fun.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, yes. Well, it's, it's just funny about the World Socialist website uh, where they'll have these kind of bad shit takes. Also,
0: what does that have to do with socialism, by the way? <laughs> Harvey What's Weinstein. Harvey Yeah.
2: No, Lennon <laughs> wrote about this, man. Give me a br- Yeah. <laughs> Michael Parenti. And he
0: was the most popular uh, film producer. producer. <laughs> And all of a sudden, he's accused of sexual assault. He made Pulp Fiction. He made... We see that proletariat theme in his work. The workers. He didn't even have a penis. The man has no
2: penis. (laughs) The workers had no voice before Harvey Weinstein.
0: (laughs) Chomsky's like, it's uh, quite ridiculous anybody would say that uh, Harvey Weinstein is innocent. <laughs> Shut up, cock. <laughs> Shut up,
2: Chomsky. <laughs> the assassination of Harvey Weinstein.
0: Pulp Fiction is a story about workers who were who 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 <laughs> working for their boss. <laughs> the Blind Side is a movie about overcoming <laughs> and they destroyed him for it. I'm trying to think of the other Harvey Weinstein movies. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. I think that was that was a good bit. We, we did
2: enough. On. Yeah. Um, all right, so anyways, World Socialist website. And, you know, it is just interesting to me because it's like very few outlets on the left journalists or whatever, these Jacobin people, mm-hmm. the nation, mm-hmm. none of them will fucking touch this stuff mm-hmm. about insider trading. About Harvey not, Weinstein? Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but more, uh, more to my chagrin, they yeah. won't touch this 9-11 insider trading stuff. They right. won't touch this October 7th insider trading stuff yeah. because it introduces all sorts of complications and it suggests the very real fact that intelligence agencies have their own interests and also governments don't just work to protect their citizens. Turns you know who will? The Out for Smokes podcast. That's right. Yeah. The U.S. government actually will sacrifice you. If you are a U.S. citizen, they will sacrifice you if it advances their own interests. Mm-hmm. They don't just defend freedom and democracy, you know, well-meaning or not. They don't just accidentally slaughter a bunch of people in some misguided foreign aven- adventure. They know yeah. what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, They have an agenda. Your kids, too. Yes. And it's like, So nobody on the left at Jacobin or The Nation will deal with this, but the World Socialist website will. And I actually looked back October 2001. The World Socialist website had the 9-11 insider trading story, a month after 9-11. And just in the same timing, by December uh, 2023, they had the same thing about October 7th, Mm -hmm. there was a stand down, Mm -hmm. there was insider trading. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm going to quote a bit from this World Socialist website article, but they're quoting a lot from the New York Times, and they're just kind of putting a couple different pieces together. Mm -hmm. Um, Soon you would walk around in a (laughs) t-shirt, and no underwear,
0: walking around the house. (laughs) And Mia Farrow wasn't fucking him enough.
2: Mia Farrow hit her with a shoe! A shoe! Like my father made when he was in Italy in the old country.
0: Shoes mean something to Italians. And we're supposed to believe this man didn't want some pussy?
2: (laughs) Um... All right. Yeah. So, okay. World Socialist website. The New York Times reports on a 40-page report uh, produced by Israeli intelligence more than a year before the attack, codenamed the Jericho Wall document. And Jericho Wall, if you look it up, you can read the New York Times story. I'll link to it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm quoting from the New York Times here. Hamas followed the blueprint with shocking precision. The document called for a barrage of rockets at the outset of the attack, drones to knock out the security cameras, and automated machine guns along the border, and gunmen to pour into Israel in mass and paragliders on motorcycle and on foot, all of which happened on October 7th. Then this is back to quoting from the World Socialist website. Uh, Moreover, the Times reported Israeli military and intelligence officials knew Hamas carried out an exhaustive day-long training mission to practice the plan in detail just three months before the attacks. Now we're going back to the New York Times. Quote, The training included a dry run of shooting down Israeli aircraft and taking over a kibbutz and a military training base, killing all cadets. During the exercise, Hamas fighters used the same phrase from the Quran that appeared at the top of the Jericho Wall attack plan. So, this is what the New York Times alleges, and they say it's you know incompetence that they didn't put this together, but Israeli intelligence had the exact ha- attack plan that Hamas had followed. They had it a year before, and they also observed three months before a dry run attack, which came out basically the same way the real thing did. And then uh, I have another piece of evidence that border soldiers, intelligence officers in Israel observed another dry run one month before, which they passed up the chain. We don't know how far up the chain it got, but it's like, you just look at all these ignored warnings, you really have to be kind of forced, you know, people talk about Occam's razor, you know, when we had Finkelstein on, he talked about, you know, the Occam's Razor, simplest explanation. At some point, when you get all of these little bullet points of evidence, you have to be deliberately trying to believe something, to not recognize that the Occam's razor is, it was in their interest to let it happen, to not kind of stop it, to not make it, to make it as bad as possible, to give as much propaganda value as possible. Mm-hmm. And um,
1: <clears throat> How many people have to pull out to make a dent or it's like um, based on how much they pull out? Because can't you then pinpoint these people and go like, well, how – because someone's argument would be, well, how are they not tell- – like how is it not leaking? How is the information not leaking? Yeah. If it's spreading throughout these communities and they're able to take out money, how is it not leaking to anybody else? It is kind of out in the open,
0: though, isn't it? Yeah. Of this stuff. That's what it so feels like. Next. To me,
1: it feels like the stock market is not even for someone like me. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't even be able to read it. And do some people know that and go, like, it's not even an interest for so many people. So let's fuck around with it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it is uh, It is important to understand that mil- That's like, it
1: looks like just numbers and <laughs> yeah. triangles to yeah. me. I can't even. It's just all manipulation. You could predict the future if you paid
0: attention to stocks. Yeah. <laughs> Um no, but there's like higher amounts of activity. I mean, there's people who like study this stuff. No, no, I so, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm it. saying you could predict the future if you if you're really good at. No, stocks. nobody, nobody can. Nobody can predict the future because people because uh, that's the whole point of like investing. You're trying to predict the future, but mm-hmm. like people's guesses are either good oh, or they're bad. So that's kind of like the interesting thing about it is mm-hmm. that like your guess is actually yeah. as good as anybody's.
1: Yeah, I guess I mean the future for like. Of terrorist events to happen. Oh, you can actually go, Oh, something is going to happen tomorrow, maybe in this area because this is N- maybe ridiculous. But if
2: you're watching the stocks, you could pick up on that. I mm-hmm. mean, like, obviously, I wasn't, but if right, you right. were like in a yeah, server like market yeah. and you see all of a sudden something has, you know, usually a few thousand and so yeah. there's 227,000 shorts on it, yeah. you can bet. They probably know what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. You might want to get in on that shit. Yeah, that's wild. You can yep. usually tell when Paul Pelosi is going to get his head to hit with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> just
0: on the stock up. Yeah. Somehow. You're like a medium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Call Paul. Paul. <laughs> Lock your doors. <laughs> Paul, I just lost $78,000. <laughs> no put gay a, sex. Put a helmet on. No gay sex. Th-
1: <laughs> <laughs> put a helmet on and no gay sex this week. <laughs> Get to the basement. <laughs> um, all
2: right, so World Socialist website. and it, So I, I mentioned that thing about Netanyahu shifting the troops. That's yeah. That comes from journalist Seymour, Seymour Hirsch. Mm-hmm. And the World Socialist website is quoting Seymour Hirsch, and now I'm quoting the World Socialist website. Uh, four days after the October, uh, 7th attack, uh, veteran journalist Seymour Hirsch reported on the, that in the days preceding the attack, quote, local Israeli military authorities with the approval of Netanyahu ordered two of the three army battalions, each with about 800 soldiers that protected the border with Gaza to shift their focus to the Sakat festival taking place near the West Bank. Hirsch quoted a source who told him that left only 800 soldiers to be responsible for guarding the 51 kilometer Uh, border between the Gaza Strip and southern Israel. That meant that the Israeli citizens in the south were left without an Israeli military presence for, quote, 10 to 12 hours. They were left to fend for themselves. And then there's a different article from the Times of Israel, uh, and this talks about the 8200 Signals Intelligence Unit. It was like an Israeli, you know, intelligence unit that kind of, uh, uh, they're heavily involved in, like, wiretaps, signals intercepts, you know, monitoring Gaza, like two years ago, there's a decision that basically reduced personnel and halted operations on it for the 8200 uh, Signals Intelligence Unit. They would just stop operations overnight and on weekends. And that's a little weird, but you know, I guess the, the logic at the time was, oh, we got the fence, we got Gaza under control. But so <clears throat> basically those people weren't there, and they, they talk about, Uh, If they'd been there, there would have been less confusion at the actual thing, but just kind of quoting from the Times of Israel here. Um, In the weeks following October 7th, several reports have attested that senior IDF officials, including those from the 82nd hundred, uh, ignored warnings from subordinates regarding suspicious activity along the Gaza border a report published by channel 12 last thursday alleged that the soldiers in the unit warned that hamas was preparing a highly organized and meticulously planned mass invasion of israel in response the soldiers were that their co- were told that their concerns were a fantasy quote um, A non-commissioned officer in Unit 8200 uh, put together a report from an array of raw intelligence data detailing a scenario that essentially predicted the October 7th invasion, Channel 12 said. She, together with his junior officer, also pointed to a Hamas drill one month before the Hamas attack, noting that it included preparations for a mass invasion with multiple entry points into Israel. The two presented their concerns to a senior IDF officer, although not one from the 82nd hundred, who dismissed their warnings as, quote, fantasies and failed to act on the information. They were they were playing with a piñata, but it was a pregnant lady. <laughs> and
0: they were, like, hitting it.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, like, oh, you might want to see this. <laughs> Just kidding. Hamas would never do such a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did have a friend of mine when that guy came out and said they ripped a, a pregnant woman's uh, baby out. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who I was friends with sent that to me and said, oh, I guess he's lying. But I think the guy was lying. Has that Probably, been like... Yeah,
2: yeah, I don't know. Well, like one of the guys that the New York Times quoted in their story about, you know, watching a woman get raped and they would yeah. like... The Hamas guys would like stab her as they penetrate or some yeah. like really graphic Gee, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like... This guy's a fucking military spook who was Mm -hmm. in the Democratic Republic of Congo Mm -hmm. for unknown reasons, but it's probably guarding resources for some, you know, shady Mm. private military company. Mm -hmm. And then there's a photo of him during the October 7th attack giving like, I think it's a thumbs up. It's either that or the okay sign. Mm -hmm. But he's like, there's a photo of him from the day, like lying in the bush, like smiling. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, I guess people process trauma differently, but... Why the sure, fuck are you taking yeah, selfies? Yeah, not, yeah, if that's what you saw that day.
0: Well, there was that account that said that they they cut a woman's uh, breast off and they were playing with them like. Right, poor. they were hacky sack. They threw it to another guy and they were playing with them like toys. Right, there's like, like stoners on the quad. Uh, yeah, hacky sack. Like, can we just say that anybody who believes that should be like jailed? <laughs> anybody who looks at those words, I don't really need like uh, you know.
2: Right. No, I mean anything besides. The New York Times story was literally retarded. Yeah. I mean yeah, it was you would have to have actual down. You would have to be Mike Racine's brother. To, no, I'm sorry. Jesus. I shouldn't I shouldn't have said that.
1: Wait, which article and this was the worst. The the um the hostage who was released and she said the only reason she wasn't raped was cuz like the guy's wife was in the other room or some was, shit. You're
0: talking about rape in the Georgia. Oh, someone came in
1: the room. <laughs>
2: Somebody came in the room. Let's <laughs> with okay. say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: It's alright Was it Chris Italia?
2: Oh, Jesus that's Christ yeah, I, guess. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll try a happier subject next week no, That's alright we'll for, for this? For whoever was.
0: Yeah um, it's uh,
2: somebody. Anyways um, I'm gonna find out <clears throat> I'm just still quoting from the Israel Times <laughs> The funny? Times of Israel The door opened Scott was talking about Oh, is it Pete?
0: Yeah. Okay, hey Pete Hey, what up, buddy? Scott was talking about rape The door opened And then it
2: closed Oh, hey, what's up, man? Well, that's how he knew a podcast was being recorded. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway.
2: Yeah. Um, Times of Israel. In addition to reports regarding 80 to the 8200... Uh, intelligence surveillance soldiers surveillance soldiers from the combat intelligence corps who survived the hamas attack on their base in nahel Oz recounted to khan in october that intelligence officials had dismissed their reports of unusual activity on the gaza border as routine and unimportant for at least three months prior to october 7th the soldiers recall recalled sub- reporting information on hamas operatives conducting training sessions multiple times a day digging holes and placing explosives along the the border. However, when they presented this to their senior uh, officers, they were ignored and the information was not passed up further up the chain of command. And then it's like, you know, I can honestly go on with this shit. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we're already near the time, but it's like, there's so much evidence of this shit. There's uh, uh, We've talked a lot about uh, Isra- uh, Egyptian intelligence warned Netanyahu directly. Um, the Congressman Michael McCall is the head of the uh, House of Representatives Foreign Affairs Committee. He told reporters, "quote We know that Egypt had warned the Israelis three days prior to it, that an event like this could happen." Um, <clears throat> they also. Uh, I mean, a six to twelve hours stand
0: down is like that's a it's lot, pretty crazy, yeah, almost
2: yeah. wild, yeah. Um, and then uh, this is the Times of Israel write up, but it, so it took them six hours to show up at the music festival. Yeah, actually, longer for the music festival. It depends It depends on the area. But um, then what happened when they got to the music festival? They were, like, engaging with security forces well, there? Well, so this is the weird thing. Okay, so, like, this is... Um, <laughs> this comes from Heretz. At 7 a.m., the, the party organizers for the music festival called uh, Lieutenant Colonel Eled Zandani, who's the man tasked with approving the festival, and told him that terrorists were shooting the partygoers. So 7 a.m., they're shooting party goers. Mm-hmm. He suggested that they fend for themselves. The first IDF forces arrived at the scene at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. So that's eight fucking hours. Yeah. And then the the wrinkle in this... Yeah, it's
1: a whole fucking school day. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? That's that's going to the nurse first yeah. period and saying, Mom, come pick me up.
0: And then you're at <laughs> the says. nurse's till 3 p.m. And then you just got to take the bus yeah, home. Yeah, fucking as you're, as what, you're Mom? As you vomiting and <laughs> having diarrhea.
1: <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> out of your mind.
0: The nurse has run out of yeah, pants to give you. ran out of saltines for, for you to chew on. She's run out of like, what? yeah, stock
2: pants. Wow. Like, a whole school day. And it's People not like spoke. the, well it's like a lot of the military bases were overrun but it's not like they were that far. Like there were army and air force bases mm. like pretty fucking close. Mm-hmm. It's not a big giant country. It doesn't take that long. Yeah,
1: Again, there's ways to get places now. It's not everybody on foot and bicycle.
2: Yeah. Right, like Boltzmann Booty on Twitter, I got this from him, but he clipped an interview with this guy, Jonathan Pollard. Uh, if you don't know Jonathan Pollard, he's a former American spook who gave a bunch of uh, huge quantities. Spook like he worked for in, uh, the CIA. Yes. He worked for the intelligence. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, he gave <laughs> he gave a huge quantity of classified info to the Israeli government, and then he did like, he was sentenced to life, and then I think Trump commuted him. He got out relatively recently. Um, but now he lives in Israel. He's like, you know, an honored hero because he was an American and he spied for Israel and he did a bunch of time in U.S. federal prison and now he's back in Israel. He gives an interview. Why do all our allies, like, bully us? It's like they spy on us, they shot the,
0: They shoot our ships, they do 9-11. Hmm. We're only nice to you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we, we put together big parties with Woody Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein. We uh, invite
0: you to Colin Joe's holiday party, <laughs> and his f- pro-Palestinian friends don't say anything
2: <laughs> to you. Um, okay, but Jonathan Pollard gives this informa- uh, gives this interview, and I'll just quote what he says, and I'll link to the video if you want to watch him say it. But he says it took six hours for any reaction to occur. He says there were Army and Air Force bases within earshot of what was going on, you know, both at the festival and at some of those towns. You know, they could hear the shooting, they could hear the explosions. Uh, And they were essentially just sitting there. And he says, and this is, I'm quoting Jonathan Pollard here, I have friends who were helicopter pilots sitting in their cockpits ready to take off on October 7th, fully loaded. They didn't get their orders for six hours. They could hear the fighting. They weren't given permission to take off. So he has like Friends who were, you know, Apache or whatever helicopter pilots, attack helicopter pilots who just sat in their cockpits for six hours. And it's like, okay, fine, maybe he's just making that shit up. But I don't think he is. Mm -hmm. I think based on what we've seen from this response time, there was like, hey, let's kind of chill and then we'll send out the orders to go clear this up. Let's let a lot of people get slaughtered. Let's give our, let's make sure we have enough propaganda. Then we'll go clean this up. Right. Like, yeah, why would he,
1: why would he say that? Yeah, like an insurance thing. Right.
2: Yeah. Okay, and then this is back to times of Israel. Uh, An Egyptian intelligence official said that Jerusalem had had ignored, quote, repeated warnings that Gaza-based terror group uh, Hamas was planning, quote, something big, which included apparent direct notice from Cairo's intelligence minister to Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And this intelligence official spoke to the the Associated Press. He said... Quote, Egyptian intelligence official. We have warned them, and an explosion of this situation is coming and very soon, and it would be big. But they underestimated such warnings. He spoke on condition of anonym- anonymity. Um, uh, in one of these warnings, Uh, Egypt's intelligence minister, General Abbas Kamal, personally called Netanyahu only 10 days before the massive attack that Gazans were likely to do, quote, something unusual, a terrible operation. Unnamed Egyptian officials told the site they were shocked by Netanyahu's indifference to the news and said the premier told the minister the military was submerged uh, in troubles in the West Bank. And it's just like, okay, you can say it wasn't specific enough, it's just like a 50-kilometer border mm-hmm. with Gaza. Mm-hmm. If you're getting all of these fucking warnings from all these sources, you could just move more troops there. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. They moved troops to the West Bank. And it's like, you just put that with the insider trading, you know, the warnings, this crazy delayed response. And I don't I don't understand how your Occam's Razor reaction can be, this was just incompetence. This was just negligence. There was nothing nefarious here. Yeah. And um, you know, and I think the people who kind of persist with that, even having heard and gone through all this evidence, and like, if you, you think don't, people just don't get this information, I think a lot of people don't get this information, but I think there is willful denial. And I think you know, this happens on the left too, with like some of these Jacobin and the Nation writers, and you know, and of course, mainstream Democrats and Republicans. It makes you think very unpleasant things about the system you live under mm-hmm. to kind of acknowledge the reality that. It's very nefarious. The, there are some very evil people, and they'll, you know, they'll kill a thousand, they'll kill ten thousand yeah. to advance their goals, to make a little money, to get more power. Mm-hmm. It's It's been true all of human history, and I guess it's just kind of more comforting to just think, like, now nah, they're just morons up there. Those people that clawed yeah. their way to the top of the power structure, yeah, they're yeah. fucking idiots. I'm smarter than them. I can see the Afghan war as a disaster. Why can't they see that? I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fucking 90% of the heroin traffic coming through Hamid Karzai's CIA Connected brother, I'm sure there's not like some giant U.S. government operation to traffic heroin, you know, which then beca- or which starts with Oxycontin then becomes heroin, and now is fentanyl. I'm sure the U.S. government. I'm sure nobody's making money off this. I'm sure it's just we can't stop the drugs. I think these are just unintended consequences, yeah. and it's it's much more comforting to go about the the world believing that. Yeah. But I will tell you, if you confront the evidence, not really the case. Yeah. And if you don't believe me, we'll have a We'll have links to all this this sources that I cited for this Israel shit in the description, but you know, sound off in the comments uh, what you think about October seventh and th- inside job. I,
0: I think that's why I didn't really care for the show Veep.
2: Was that because <clears throat> they're like,
0: oh, everybody in power
2: is dumb? Yeah. You know, it's a really stupid neoliberal attitude. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I believe in the power of government. I think right. I think government could do 9-11. Mm-hmm. I'm not some sort of libertarian Reaganite. <laughs> right. That says the the <laughs> yeah. scariest words in the English language are I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Yeah. No, the government can help. Yeah. They can do 9-11. They can do that. That's such a complicated operation. I think. Mm-hmm you know, we have a lot of very smart, very talented people who work for the government, and we should give them the credit that they deserve and Mm -hmm. say, yeah, these people could schedule all those fucking military drills Mm -hmm. and switch out the planes with drones and then splash the real ones over the Atlantic or or whatever exactly (laughs) happens. Because that is
0: kind of people's go-to thing where they go, oh, well, that means you think the government is competent.
2: Yeah, it is, Uh, for the most part. It's like, yes, of course, any large organization has inefficiencies and waste, Mm -hmm. but I think what you will find if you look at the U.S. federal government it generally does what it sets out to do. Yeah. Might not be perfect. It might be, you know, a B, B- minus, mm-hmm. but they kind of get there. And when they do fuck up, which does happen... If it's an actual fuck-up that doesn't serve their interests, you do see heads roll. You mm-hmm. see some accountability. Mm-hmm. And uh, when these kind of fuck-ups that actually do serve very powerful interests and in the weapons uh, manufacturers and, you know, the genocidal maniacs who want to occupy Gaza, and Netanyahu himself who wants to stay in power, stay out of prison, when things that seem like fuck-ups do serve their interests, and then you get all this evidence, all this smoke that says that they're not actually fuck-ups, I don't know. Occam's razor points me to, uh, to a more nefarious and less incompetence-based, less coincidence-based explanation.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: Do you think you would join a militia?
0: What kind of militia? Like, uh, well, I mean, I guess any kind. If things got really bad. Like an, like an Islamic one. And they like In the United a flag things. for a group. Well, I, I was just th- I'm just thinking about this conversation I have with my dad, and I'm you know, he's he ta- he brings up anti Semitism, and I'm like, Well, you sound like you're like anti Arab, which nobody ever, you know, nobody there's no consequences for being anti Arab, for being dismissive of all these deaths. For sure. And he's like, Well, you know, I am against uh uh Muslim extremism and terrorism, and it's like, but I just feel like the average person doesn't even know what that is. Yeah. They keep trying to demonize our boy, Osama bin Laden, and they...
2: Keep just making him like us. Yeah. Make us like him more. Yeah. They made us think he didn't
1: have
0: swag. I look at his outfits different now. Yeah. He's, like, comfy. Sure. Yeah, people just don't... The average person doesn't understand why somebody would join a... a uh, Some kind
2: of militia. Mm-hmm. Well, he hated America because we preferred Tifa over Ares in Final Fantasy VII. hmm Yeah, well, it's kind of that girl.
1: I talked about it on another podcast, that girl who had someone murder her mother. when Oh, yeah, um, Gypsy yeah. Yeah, and when you read about it, it's like, well, her mother did have to be murdered for her to get out of that situation. She was a little kid. You know, like, she was young. What else is she supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes people are in situations where they have to join militias. It's yeah. just very obvious and yeah, apparent. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that I I know why people do it. No, but but like- you have to look at it and go. Things happen uh, where life is so brutal um, mm. that people have to yet yeah, join gangs, militias, and they're not always bad. There's a thing too where it's needed, like sometimes, unfortunately, like
0: yes, you know. Well, there's only a, a level of like humiliation you can take. Yeah, yeah. before you, uh, you know fight back i don't want my family to think i'm like a loser oh you're saying you want to join a militia in brooklyn (laughs) no 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 i'm just saying that like (laughs) no i'm 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 saying you can't be tweeting anymore you have to joining if joining a militia is here (laughs) i'm like here ah okay but i'm saying like you can or let's let's say there's like a chasm Mm -hmm. where i'm like you know i'm over here here's joining a militia i'm like nah, i'm not going to join a militia but then i you keep getting pushed You can only push somebody so far. To joining a militia.
2: I like how Mike was like, okay, so if we haven't done enough conspiracy to get this podcast demonetized, Mm -hmm. let's spend the last five minutes talking (laughs) about joining a terrorist organization. Maybe that's
1: what being in America is, is you grow up thinking it's the freest place in the world. Mm -hmm. You start getting older. You realize you want to join a militia. You get older and older. You go, I'm going to do it. You're 60, and you go, I'll just join a country club. Yeah, or you storm, like, or you storm what? the capital. Yeah, but you're 60,
0: and you go, yeah. well, yeah, or you storm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. Well, why don't you guys follow us over on Patreon to um, keep uh, you know continue this conversation if you want. I uh, yeah, join also, our militia for five dollars a month. For five dollars a month, you can feel like you belong somewhere. <laughs> um, I – yeah, and please, if you can, subscribe on YouTube, uh, hit the like button, leave a comment. That helps us out a lot. And uh, your boy has some road dates. I will be in uh, Minneapolis January 26th and 27th. I'll be in Stanford, Connecticut with Dan Soder uh, February 2nd and 3rd. I will be at uh, Good Nights in Raleigh on Valentine's Day. And uh, April 3rd, I will be at Zaney's in Nashville. So you go to Microscenecomedy.com for your tickets and – we have an ad.
2: It was like 15 nine, 11s.
0: We have an ad? Yes. Well, Truck Boys Moving Service is uh, the New York City... Truck Boys Moving is serving the New York City area with competitive flat rate pricing, on-time service, and a hassle-free move. Our boys are experienced, efficient, and provide great service with no hidden fees or surcharges. And we are also available for junk removal, cleanouts, expert furniture assembly, picture hanging, and TV mounting. Shoot us an email today for a free estimate at truckboysmoving at gmail.com. That's truckboys with a Z. truckboysmoving at gmail.com.
2: And uh, patreon.com slash outforsmokes. We'll maybe have a more real 9-11. Uh, Discussion. Maybe we'll have the, the three categories I mentioned insider trading, military stand down, intelligence warnings. Maybe we'll have that on this Patreon. Maybe we'll have it on the one next week. But I got some research for that. Nice. All right. Get over to Patreon. Bye bye.